Hey, Tucker. Hey, Todd. This part's going to be pre-recorded, so act professional, okay? I'll do my best. This is episode... 13 of the second season... Of the Tucker and Todd show. I'm Tucker. And I'm Todd. Okay, now we can get on with the show. Great. Confetti. Hi, Tucker. I'm Todd. Hi, Todd. I'm Tucker. Okay, okay, so, in the last episode, we finished off by assembling our Avengers. Yeah, the whole crew was here. It was Columbo, Sendables, male and female cop, Basil Faulty, straight woman, Miranda is singing like Black Canary, and then obviously the child assassin. Awesome! It didn't occur to me to bring Basil, but that's a great choice. Yeah, because we had, we had noted that he has skills to fight against the undead. Yeah, and most of the time what's useful against them is useful against just about anything. And as you said, we had kind of sent, we had raised our large triangle in the sky to yell, supper time, y'all. Soup's on, come and get it. Yeah, we're pretty much calling in every last favor we have. And for a couple of these, we don't even have any favors left. So now we're actually just like in a state of owing them. And we... Yeah, so we we know who our bad guy is now. Okay, do we should we come up with first kind of what the clever uh, do we know what our final showdown place is? The final showdown place is going to be in Paperboy's current lair in the outside. Okay, so we're going to go back there with our assembled force. Yes, we have to unfortunately do it on Paperboy's turf because there's no way we can lure him to us because he never has to show up. He can just stay there and wait for us. So is the way that we're going to organize the kind of plot flow of this, are we going to do a, uh, what do we call it, like a Door of the Explorer, a series of trials? Is he going to have like two or three roadblocks set up for us or challenges for us to pass before we can get to him or is he looking forward to us i kind of i forget how we kind of had set that up we know that he is looking forward he knows that we will come to him yeah so he doesn't have to come to us and he doesn't really have to send anything our way to stir us up we're already quite stirred up he just has to wait our very first obstacle is actually figuring out how to work together because we're probably almost immediately going to break down into infighting. Is that how this scene opens with everybody quarreling or does do we give a little bit of time before we realize that we don't have our shit together? It's going to take a little bit. We're, uh, we're going to have to come across some kind of obstacle that we're supposed to deal with together and that's when things are going to break down. Would that one be a benign obstacle? Like a flat tire or something like that? That would be pretty fucking funny if it was just we've got a flat tire. Somebody's going to have to get out, push, or we, or we got to change the tire. Whatever it is, it's something that one person can do alone, but it's still going to cause the group to fracture. Now, do we set that up a little bit like when they're when we're all in the car, we have a moment of peace and everybody seems to be getting along. It looks like we're all friends. We're kind of like tickling each other's noses or whatever, singing songs and what shit. And then immediately the tire pops and everyone starts yelling as the moment it pops. <laughs> so, so everybody's managing to keep a lid on it, but it's just barely, barely contained. 
and and we're all singing songs. I like that that we're all just singing songs together, jovial, carefree. What are we even doing in a car? Who knows? Who cares? But we're going. I'm almost imagining like a VW van or like a station wagon, something old. Yeah, oh yeah, the old station wagons with the rear-facing seat in the back and wood panels on the outside. I do I I like that trope, yes. Cuz uh, but my other my other gag idea was that we don't even get a chance to be like on the road and in peace. We're all like, "Yeah, let's go do it." We all run outside in the moment that the door the last door slams closed in the driveway, a tire pops and we all start yelling at each other. Now it is funny, but it also kind of lacks some of that more personal conflict. So shortly after everybody starts yelling at each other, people are going to have to start saying more targeted things. Oh, should I have we a actually... feel, I have a feeling that the male, the mailman, male cop and female cop are going to be yelling at each other and the sendables are going to be yelling at us. Miranda's just going to yell in general. She's just um, moving out the window. Yeah, she's just not happy. So she starts like stress mooing. That's the thing now. And Basil is kind of going to just stand around menacingly revving his chainsaw, unsure what's happening, but he's about to crack and kill somebody. Columbo and straight woman are the only one getting along. They're watching and like smoking a cigarette, just observing from the, from the uh, background. Columbo is smoking. Straight woman is standing arms crossed. Very disappointed. This is going to be her moment to shine because I've decided that she's going to be the unifying force. She's going to whip everybody into shape. Um, I also propose instead of us singing songs to each other, it's sort of a on the road again montage. There's a jovial acoustic folk song playing over like driving through the desert and the night the, the sun goes up, the moon comes up kind of thing. And then that is interrupted by a tire popping and chaos. Is everybody just in the car kind of bobbing their heads to the what is love kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Like a night of the Roxbury. We're all just in sync and then we're not immediately out of sync. Yeah. Okay. Because that that's important as a first obstacle is is breaking down the team and then kind of building it back up from nothing. But we probably should cover the very first meeting together when everybody enters the studio and we're all in there once. I mean, naturally, they don't all get there at the same time and then file in at the same time. Who arrives first? Oh, so it it start it picks up where the last one let off, and where we've just sent the signal out, and so the first thing that we see is them all showing up one at a time. Some some of them will show up two at a time. Incendables right, will show up in in a pair. Uh, male cop and female cop are going to show up, and they'll already be bickering about who made the other late as they get in the door. Yeah, I, I love their endless divorced energy. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a big thing going on. I don't know who should be next, but I do know that Basil needs to be last. Fashionably last? He needs to show up with a one-liner as an answer to some kind of question somebody asks immediately beforehand. Like, oh yeah? How are we going to do that? And then Basil kicks in the door and he's like, with his chainsaw. And he has to say something cool. He says something zombie-related or something Faulty Towers-related. Manuel! <laughs> Mrs. Faulty, she go crazy. <laughs> oh man, Basil is a bad person. Oh, that's interesting. If he, if it is like a, if if the male and female cop are doing like divorce whining, if if one of them has a comment about like a, a classic 
um, husband wife kind of gag. Then Basil can come in with the you should see what happened to my wife kind of thing or women. Am I right? That kind of like. Oh, yeah. That is going to earn a scowl from straight woman, of course. But yes, I I think it would be pretty funny for him to show up and be like, make some kind of reference to his own wife, whom has already turned into a zombie and he's killed. Right, that was the very first thing that happened. But but since then, Basil has just become like expert in all manner of hotel and hospitality management and violence. <laughs> he's got a very unique talent tree. Yeah, in fact, he might be the only person who has like a comparable danger level in terms of their skill set to our not child assassin. In in just terms of being singularly capable. Hey, he's just been roaming the land, surviving for the past five decades. Just hunting with a chainsaw and then cooking with a chainsaw. Just <laughs> <laughs> flipping flapjacks with his chainsaw. <laughs> Everything he does is chainsaw related, and he's really good at it. Eat your heart out, Ash Williams. I I already like how we, I've kind of just assigned him Ash Williams' identity. I mean, I'm not going to say he's... Who is the new one? The new Evil Dead? Yeah. Yeah, whatever. You know, not Bruce Campbell. Looks like it was Jane Levy. Oh, okay. Oh, no, I never mind. She's the lead female, which I assume is not Ash Williams. I don't believe so. Oh. I don't think anybody plays Ash Williams. Well, then I was talking about Bruce Campbell the whole time. Okay, so they didn't even they didn't recast the character. They just made whole new characters for the film. That's probably the best choice. You'll never make another Ash Williams. That's kind of what they should do every time they reboot anything. I agree. Just keep the, the setting, atmosphere, mood, and general story, but make new characters. Stop trying. Don't don't dare ever recast Thor. Is is what I'm saying. <laughs> Or Top Iron Man. Years from now. Never again. <laughs> I think I th- I feel like recasting Iron Man would be seen as like a sin. That might shut down like Hollywood. After after uh, the part where he died for all of us. Yeah, you're not allowed to recast him. He but is, I sort of feel Tony's like... Tony's dead, and now we just actually have to just let new people become Iron Man, but not be Tony. I don't know how you do that, because I feel like this entire... How many movies are there in the Marvel... This whole Marvel cinematic universe exists because of the success of Iron Man, I feel like. It does. That he... that Yeah, that was where it started. That created the whole thing. It started the fire. And that is why in the post-credits uh, for Endgame, that's why the only thing you hear is the forging from the first Iron Man. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, you just get to hear him banging on an anvil. And yeah, because I don't think I don't think Avengers would have been as successful if he hadn't been able to be the little cornerstone of it. And who's who's our cornerstone? Our cornerstone of the Tucker and Todd universe of our Avengers, anyways. Oh, I don't I, mean, I don't know if our universe has a cornerstone. Maybe it's Stan. It very well could be. It it certainly isn't Tucker or Todd. They don't really have an arc. They kind of they kind of come into it as dipshits, and they're going to leave as dipshits. Yeah, so are are we framing our Avengers as an actual like group of superheroes? Are we doing a little bit of an Avengers assigning them personalities or whatever? Well, I definitely would be happy to kind of make nods to superhero team movies. There are a few of them, although uh, if we're being really honest with ourselves, the most close equivalent would be the Suicide Squad because it's just a bunch of dickheads being forced together yeah a bunch of freaks 
Yeah, it's not noble souls doing the right thing as a group who have become comrades and friends. It's a bunch of dickheads. Well, I haven't seen either of those movies, so I won't catch references. I only know like what's risen to the surface as like cultural references. Yeah, I o- I only know the memes. I didn't watch either of those movies either because I don't like any of the characters. I don't like any of the characters. I don't like any of the actors. I don't need any of it. Yeah, uh, I'm just not into it. Maybe if they put Henry Cavill in it, that'd be okay. Where were we? So they are. Kind of, we're still trying to figure out our beginning kind of scene. Then. Yeah, we're trying to get the meeting because it's it won't go perfectly smoothly. And of course, Stan always leaves the door locked, so people come by and knock. Should we set this up as some sort of like genre gag? Can you think of anything? Is there or a movie or an episode that notoriously is about a bunch of people showing up? To a party or something like that. Interesting. I automatically I want to try and think of a Seinfeld equivalent for it. Jerry. Oh, that is kind of funny if somebody does come through the door like Kramer. Well, I mean, I was saving that for Basil. That's I do like that. Oh, would it be funny? <laughs> would it be funny if Basil came through the door like Kramer and we had the the audience laugh track, everybody cheers, and then Kramer comes through the door like Kramer if everybody boos and he has to walk, leave and walk out. Ooh, we haven't forgiven you. I was thinking, was he the first person who was legitimately canceled, Michael Richards? He can't be. People being canceled has to be going back as far as like widespread news and media. Oh, I guess so. But I mean, I feel like that was one of the the first examples of like Internet having a video. We are the Internet. We found this video and now this man can't have a career. I think it made it into the news before it showed up all over the Internet, though, didn't it? Oh, maybe, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember the order of events, but it was definitely the first. Uh, it was cancellation media. It's the first cancellation in history that resonates in my mind as something that I remember distinctly. But that might also be because it was much more infrequent then. Now it happens so often that I couldn't tell you uh, who's canceled now. Oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's become the the, I mean, the word has become kind of nebulous. It means so many different things to different people. That was 2006, by the way. So it wasn't quite pre-social media. I'm sure there must be something pre-social media then. I'm sure of it because even like we still had national news and international news before then. So that's all it takes. But there were fewer echo chambers for people to kind of just all agree that to unperson somebody. I wonder how jealous is this? A, is this? A, no, there's an error. I was going to say, I wonder how jealous Bill Cosby is of Roman Polanski. Like, oh, man, he got out. <laughs> I should have got out. Now that you mentioned Bill Cosby, I kind of want him to show up as a an enemy, just like a, a mini boss. <laughs> the Sandman. <laughs> uh, the difference being that the Sandman was slightly sympathetic character. Did so because yeah, you're talking about the Sandman from Marvel. Did the Sandman from Marvel work in the same rules as like the Sandman of Myth? Like he pours sand in your eyes and makes you fall asleep? Uh, no. And this is this is Spider-Man Three Sandman. So before the the big MCU thing, back when Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man. Back when he was like an escaped convict who just wanted to see his daughter, I think. Yes, and I don't remember how he got his. Sandman powers, but basically he was capable of controlling his own matter and becoming really big and really heavy and really strong. Basically, his own powers were pretty nebulous. I don't, I don't want, I don't want Bill Cosby to be sympathetic, though. 
that's what I mean, is I would ha absolutely not uh, to show him as sympathetic in any way. He would just be a straight mustache twirling villain. Oh, is he like old fashioned? He's tying down women to rail tracks and whatnot. Is he in this? Are we talking about him now? Oh, yeah. I'm thinking I'm thinking that we need like a mini boss to cut our teeth up. OK, you know, uh, once we overcome the obstacle of figuring out how to get along, we also need to figure out how to work together as like a cohesive fighting team. And I figured uh, a match with a mini boss or alternatively a fight with Paperboy that goes badly. And then we have to go have a rematch because that also works in which, you know, in which we can kind of learn what we all can do together. Oh, a, a bat. Hmm. I, I do like the idea of we have this conflict and then we have some sort of enemy that we all have to we practice. Yeah, as you said, cut our teeth on. And that's when we learn. Oh, when we at first we aren't able to overcome the conflict, but then we start recognizing what each other's strengths are and working together as a team, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, one of those uh, that friendship moment where we start working together and it's an after school special. Okay, and it would be kind of funny if it was Bill Cosby. So is he just is he just a guy who is an old fashioned mustache twirling villain? Does he have oh, does he have Wild Wild West technology? I think that whatever technology he has, it's designed specifically to try to drug people. Okay. Is he oh, is he chasing us after us trying to get us to have a drink? Have a drink? Or is he throwing drinks at us? <laughs> I think that if we're going to go Wild Wild West stuff, then he has some kind of weird six shooter that just shoots pills at you and he aims for your mouth. OK, does he have like a little catchphrase? Because as I said, have a drink that reminded me of in Ral Wreck-It Ralph when King Candy is like being doing evil things. He says like, have some candy. Bill Cosby could say That's, have some that, candy. Yeah, that, I think it would be super disturbing if he just said have some candy. I might, it might actually be very, I, it's almost funnier because I'm not going to do a Bill Cosby voice. It would be funny if, um, if we just used the audio cue from Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> Have some candy. And now, now that we're doing this, I want him to drive up in an ice cream truck. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> this is a lot of fun. This is almost could have been, it's, he's going to have to come back as a whole own sketch. Maybe if we don't get all the jokes in now. Yeah. Uh, Somebody needs to kill him eventually. I'm going to allow a straight woman to do it one day. So this might actually be perfect then. If we're broken down on the side of the road, the ice cream truck pulls up in the middle of the highway and he's like, you fellas needs, uh, need a hand? Okay, I think you just struck the perfect line there. Because he should definitely show up and catch us while we're in a bad state. While we're already kind of, you know, infighting with each other. So that we have no choice but to work together. We have no choice. And also, it, it, he is a predator and he is taking advantage of victims in their most vulnerable moment. And that's what we are. We're all we're all divided. And and he's a creep with a ice cream truck. And yeah, we're we're prey. Seems like you all could use a little help cooling down. Is he is he a southerner now? I don't know. I don't. He I, has a, I'm he has not. A, I think we should just give him a like a gimp mask with a voice modulator in it. Oh, that's funny. He's wearing a we don't even need to do a voice modulator. But if he's wearing a gimp mask, then I can just do it. Do you guys need any help? I just pulled up in my ice cream truck. What, what, did, what did you say? 
take off your mask. We can't hear you clearly. Then he uh, just starts shooting. You chose the mask. I was born with it. <laughs> it's an opportunity to make fun of Bane. I would be so happy. <laughs> he looks like such a dumb shit in his mask. It looks like a like a robotic spider just clinging to his face. Yeah, it is. It's laying eggs in his mouth. Uh, I keep waiting for the thing to burst out of his chest. Okay, so when Bill Cosby pulls up in his ice cream. <laughs> oh, I want to fight him so bad. So we're not, we are, we are still not really all together. We're going to have to try to fight against him. So he shows up. Does he launch some sort of assault on us that makes us all kind of like spread out? Actually, it begins. We're just about to start fighting each other. Just before the first blow is struck, loud ice cream truck music starts. Oh my God. It's the Cosby theme from the show Cosby. But it's playing over the loudspeaker. Yeah, on the top of the ice cream truck, and it it stops us in our tracks. Somebody's got somebody by the shirt collar and is about to punch him in the face. You know that that position, that maneuver. Yeah, yeah. And as soon as it starts playing, everybody stops, and the shirt collar is released, and everybody has to turn to see what's happening. And then the frame shifts, and approaching us is this very stereotypical-looking ice cream truck with the big slider on the side. And it just kind of like rumbles to a halt next to us. And then it stops, and there has to be a beat. It has to be kind of a pause. And then, very quickly, he opens that sliding side door and leans out over it, and that's when he starts talking. You know, it looks like you folks could use some help. Car trouble. Also, he drugs people with ice cream now. Oh, do we see? Do we see? Do do we see him like <laughs> turning to the side to crumble poison into it or whatever? I have a feeling that every single tub of ice cream in there is already sufficiently drugged. Oh, it's all yeah, yeah, yeah. Just oh, I get it. It's Cosby brand ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) The tub actually says Cosby. Yeah, or it needs to have. Let me. I'm gonna put make a note to come up with puns because that seems like a a right moment for puns. Oh, it's ripe. <laughs> oh, we're gonna make this guy look like the bastard he is. Okay, so he says it looks like you could all use some help. Do we engage with him for a little bit, assuming that he's benign, and we're like, yeah, we got a flat tire, but we're in the middle. Do we immediately trust him and start spilling the beans about like we were just on the way to go beat up this bad guy? I don't think we should actually give him any exposition, mostly because I hate exposition. Uh, but we can definitely mention that we have we have a flat and we were having a disagreement and then he can say that the solution to any disagreement is ice cream why don't you have some are we suspicious of that and kind of like reserved or apprehensive or are we all like yeah that sounds great i think everybody but tucker and todd should be a bit apprehensive about this but we like ice cream and this guy has some cool that's pretty much our attitude yeah this guy's talking sense ice cream Because we implicitly trust the ice cream man because we're still children at heart. Whereas everybody else, uh, yeah, literally everybody else with us is kind of jaded and suspicious and varying points on the misery scale. They're all like like adults in, in adult mode. Do they know that Cosby is a threat? Are they looking at him going like, isn't that Bill Cosby? He's in a gimp mask. Oh, right. That's true. Yeah, yeah. 
either that or he's he's in the Marx Brothers outfit already, like the fake no- nose and mustache that Hitler has. Oh, that might actually be funny if that is. Is that our guy? Hitler is dressed as Bill Cosby? No, I okay. want to fight Bill Cosby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now that I think about it, I badly want to have him get his like head hit with the shovel and stuff. We were, we were he, but he, he lives. Time. He lives. Because later there'll be another showdown where he shows up again. He can be a... Uh, well, I don't know about a recurring villain, but one of these days, Straight Woman is going to toss him into the mouth of a volcano or something. Okay. That's fucking metal. Anyways, everybody but Tucker and Todd are apprehensive because they don't trust strangers in vans. Because... They have some experience. They're capable of learning from life. Apparently we aren't. So we're right up at the gate, ready for ice cream. Yes, I, I am definitely saying that uh, Bill Cosby gives us the date rape drug. He drugs Oh, Oh, do we eat the ice cream so Tucker and Todd pass out then? Uh, we, we get real sleepy all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, groggy. Yeah, so we're going to fall asleep. And it turns out oh. that as soon as we're no longer part of the equation, everybody else works much better. I ha- was is there? Do we have an old plot going back to mom was sedating us with something? Do we actually have a, a built up resistance or tolerance to the drugs that he uses on us? Oh right, I like that. That's true. She does. She has been dosing us for many years uh, to keep us from going limitless. <laughs> I have to assume that's what it's for because you don't really have to sedate a couple of bumbling idiots so it must be to keep us as bumbling idiots right okay so that means one of these days we have to make it a plot point where we don't take our medication and we become super geniuses for a little while oh is so we take it and the adults because it doesn't have an effect on us cause a little bit let's say that again limited effect we have a resist we don't totally pass out but we're you know groggy days slightly sedated like we just took a small dose of heroin each okay because i I was gonna say it has no effect and then that uh allows the adults to be like oh okay i'll try the ice cream and then they all get (laughs) it that's funny but no this isn't princess bride where we're like we're we've built up a total immunity (laughs) yeah no, uh, we've been daily dosing on a mild sedative, and now this guy has given us a strong dose. So we are, let's face it, we're out of, we were out of the fight from the beginning because we've never really been combatants. But now we're definitely out of the fight, and we're just kind of drowsy. Are we doing like David at the dentist antics? Give me some examples. Is this real life? Is this gonna be forever? Like just uh, coming out of like uh, almost hallucinating. Oh, you mean like just coming off of anesthetic and stuff? Yeah, I don't think we'll be that far gone, but we'll be like there should be a moment where your arms are more like noodles, and you're like laughing at how inarticulate you are. Oh, okay. I was, or do we get a little bit stony and we put on, we start listening to the Grateful Dead? Oh, so we're stoned enough that we we get into grunge. <laughs> yeah, just a jam band, the fish. We get back in the car and turn the radio on while everybody else fights, and that's the soundtrack to the fight. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, so we're just we just get into the car, roll the windows down, turn on the radio, and just like we're we're stoned. Yeah, like a, a fuzzy psych rock song would be a cool for like a, a fight scene. I like that a lot. Yeah, because as soon as everybody else becomes fully aware that we've been drugged, the fight is on. Because right. in fact, as soon as everybody else refuses the ice cream, but we take it, Cosby's probably going to make the first move because he's got more. Ag- He's got some kind of, you know, Mr. Freeze ice cream gun or something like he's got an aggressive drug administration method. He's got something that he can use to give to people who don't want to just eat his ice cream. I'm saying he needs to be an active participant. He can't just try and bait everyone. Yeah, I was trying to think of other kind of like goofy weapons that were not necessarily just like sedative themed, but like he has like pillow pillow bombs or like he's catapulting pillows or or uh, what are those things called? Like uh, beanbag chairs or something like that. I don't know what he actually has. And as soon as as soon as we get in the car and turn on the music, he immediately flips it up onto that same ledge. It is a vehicle mounted rotary gun, you know, like a minigun, multiple barrels. And it's shooting little little spurts of this solution. Rapid well, fire. Is, I was not even vehicle mounted. It's on the top because it's his rooftop roofy gun. It's his my roofy turret. I like that even better. But then he's not operating it by hand. No, he's sitting in it. Oh, no. Yeah. He, uh, or he soon, has a little assistant. As, as soon as we leave, he withdraws back into the van. And, and he... Uh, he basically just goes up to the roof where he's got like a, you know, like a hatch, like the tops of tanks. Oh, it could be a whole. And little... he just chunk, and there's this big roof gun, roofy cannon. Perhaps as we slink into the either as we start becoming like as we start taking our first bites or as we finish our bites and walk towards the van or whatever, whatever the. Uh, or station wagon, I should say, however we are situated. I was going to say maybe the music that we are turning on our radio starts coming in and 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 Bill Cosby starts singing over the beat like a, a lullaby. Go to sleep, rockabye baby or whatever. He's singing a lullaby. And then as he sings the last note, as he's like climbing up the spiral stairs or climbing into his like mech suit or whatever it is. Um, that it's got to be it's got to be one of those cool interior metal ladders. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that would look right at home and in the Nostromo in the movie Alien, just like black gunmetal. Yeah. Oh, OK. So he goes and he OK, here I'm, it's a whole cinematic thing. We have the beat slowly coming in from our psych rock song, but he's singing over it with a lullaby. And then as the volume fades in for our song, he says the last couple notes of his thing and he says good night or like go to sleep or whatever. And it zooms out on the last breath and it does like a boss intro frame from a video game where it's like a wacky angle with him in his rooftop turret and there's a little bit of text where it says like the rooftop roofy turret or whatever it's called what do we want to call it the roofy gun oh it's definitely a cannon the roofy cannon the rooftop roofy cannon mark six <laughs> yeah of course and that as and, the then, first... and then the health bar shows up <laughs> yeah but that as as it does the boss intro like title screen, that's when the first like big guitar chord comes in from our song that we're listening to. And then it cuts back to us from that thing inside the car. And we're just like, whoa, man, or whatever. Uh, there is a game called Call of Juarez Gunslinger, 
the boss intros in that game are probably exactly what you're looking for. I was imagining Borderlands intros, but I imagine they're probably fairly similar. I'll show you later, but it's it's an arcade shooter. But it, it shows you a couple of almost comic book looking frames, but they're in motion. And they've got little bits of text on them that just kind of describe more like what the boss's attitude is. I'm looking at a uh, I'm looking at a compilation right now. Wow. YouTube now has waveforms for the sound wave or maybe it's not a waveform. Maybe they've added Pornhub things to the I can't tell what this is. Oh, you mean the Pornhub, the most paused? Yeah. Here's the spot where people like skip forward and here's where they watch. Ninety percent of any Pornhub movie is skip. Some of the biggest laughs that I've ever have have not been from comedies, but from porn when I can tell that, like, oh, everybody got bored of how awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, we all have the same taste and like, yeah, I'm watching one of these right now. OK, the one the one that I think about with Cosby the most is the one with uh, the the Clanton family, because the patriarch of the Clanton family has a big ass Gatling gun. Old man Clanton. Exactly. Yeah, I like that. When was this? I've heard of Call of War. When is this from? This one? I forget the year, but I have it, and it's one of my favorites. Just for when you want to go out and just do some old-fashioned cowboy shooting in a game. Yeah. Looks a hell of a lot better than Red Dead Revolver. There. That one starts right at Old Man Clanton. Yeah, that's like exactly what I'm... Yeah. I do like the three-frame thing. Well, then you managed to describe it to me exactly how you want it to be, because that's what kind of image popped into my mind. Well, aren't we just some great storytellers? We're certainly getting there. All right. So he starts unloading on our little crowd there with his roofie cannon. So they all start ducking behind rocks and whatnot. He catches Miranda right in the mouth because her mouth is huge and she's been stress mooing. Immediately puts an end to it. Well... Unfortunately for Cosby, I bet you he's never tried to create a dose for a full-grown female cow. Oh, is he doing stupid uh, villain catchphrase or not necessarily catchphrases, but um, gag jokes or whatever? He knocks out stupid Miranda. one-liners. Now that's what I call ground beef. <laughs> Obviously, the more he does that, the more we want to defeat him. Like, uh, go all out, ham him right up. Because okay. I want him to be the kind of villain that you are super glad has is no longer in the story. Like he's been beaten and he's gone. I want everybody to hate him. Okay. <laughs> he's, so he's like make a him corny. Head. If you make him corny, if you make him really hammy, that's awesome. Now, is he talking like Bane the whole time? Is that hilarious? <laughs> that is incredibly hilarious. If you could somehow Baneify Cosby, Bane Cosby, that would be great. <laughs> In a gimp mask. I think this is the funniest thing that we've come up with. This might be the single funniest thing we'll ever do. Bane Cosby. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have the Bane spider face thing. Mouth spider. He's got like a ball gag. <laughs> but somehow he can still talk. Yeah, he talks around is is loose. Okay. Well, I was until I put on the mask. So he takes out Miranda. Our other characters. Uh, does he? Do, does he take out everyone? No, no. Everyone scatters. Miranda is well. She's a full-grown female cow, so she's not very fast. She only catches one shot in the mouth, so it's it's only enough to render her about where we are. 
So she's going to come and join us in the car. Oh, okay. That I guess that's where we're waiting to respawn, basically. We console each other, like, yeah, best to wait this one out. Yeah, so we just kind of get high, and I, there are probably some snacks in the car, so we're just going to eat all of the snacks. Like, we packed for a road trip for everybody, but everything's going to be gone by the time they get back. Just jamming out. Yeah, so we have more to fight about later. Anyways, uh, male cop and female cop, they take cover. The sendables, they go in opposite directions to one of them tries to draw fire. The child assassin is probably already in the ice cream van. Oh, the child! yeah, the child assassin is in the ice uh, ice cream van, uh, faintly singing along to the song that's being played in the soundtrack as he, like, loads a gun. And, in a reference to Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Basil is currently attacking the van with a chainsaw. That is supposed to be a reference to the scene where... Oh, which night was he playing? I forget. Lancelot. Right, when Lancelot was attacking the castle with his sword. Like, he was just, like, literally bashing it against the stone wall. Oh, yeah. That's that's the scene I'd like to try to recreate with Basil and his chainsaw and the van. So he's kind of disregarding the actual target and he's attacking the castle. Okay. I think that's is everybody. Where is Straight Woman? Is there woman? anybody? Oh, right. She's very good. She doesn't she, fight. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's not going to fight. She's definitely not going anywhere near Bane Cosby right now. He is... In his absolute strongest position right now, he's got his roofie cannon. Oh, when he fir- first pulled up, does she have a like, this feels like a showdown and I'll be in the car kind of thing? Or like, does she sense that something bad is about to happen? So she removes herself or she just calmly joins us in the car when we when when the chaos breaks out. She strikes me as the kind of hardened lady who grabs a trash can lid to immediately start deflecting these shots and then just makes her way over to the car and gets in. Oh, yeah, she's not fleeing, but she's like, I'm not putting up with this shit. Yeah, she must be from New York or something. She's seen so much worse. She'll have her tangle with Bane Cosby later. But yeah, On her she, own terms. Yeah, but right now she's just going to hang out with us and frankly be quite disappointed. That's what she does best. So... So even though the child assassin was in the van, the point of this whole fight is for us to learn how to work together. So he's not going to or he or she is not going to have a shot at Cosby then, I don't think, you know, not directly. Currently, one of the male cop or yeah, one of the sendables is trying to draw the fire, which would allow uh, the other sendable to flank. Basically, the child assassin is going to be able to get in underneath Cosby, but. I don't think Cosby's just going to be standing with his like with his feet on the ladder rung. So obviously he's in a compartment that the child assassin can't really get into. So are we going to at some point kind of like uh, awake from not uh, r- r- shit respawn, shake ourselves from our stupor and we are going to observe that the current attempts being made by the the whoever's fighting now doesn't work because the 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 ice cream truck is just too advanced and too powerful or whatever and we're because we have the the pov of the whole scope of the battlefield we start realizing like oh my god the only way we're going to get this to work is if we coordinate we need someone inside that van turns out they're already more, more or less should should we come to this realization or should straight women because i think i think it would be nice if she was the unifying factor 
Oh, that would be kind of good if we're watching and we're observing and we're losing hope. It's like, oh, my God, it's hopeless. And she's kind of bored. She's like, did you notice this? She's pointing out as though she's doing like a crossword or she's taking notes that she's reading off or something like that. She's kind of like, um, well, uh, she, she's observant of the battlefield conditions. Right. You'll notice that over there, something is happening. And if you we were to do this, then this would happen. And you'll notice that over there, this is happening. And if you thought to do this, then this would happen. And so I assume we've all got walkie talkies. I mean, we we expected to go and fight eldritch monsters in another dimension. How are we going to do that without walkie talkies? We must have radios or something. Yeah, we'd have. I was trying to figure out what the Abaddon wristwatch would be called. But then again, maybe we don't. Oh, nice. The the it's the uh shit i wanted to make fun of apple too it's the the i watch you <laughs> the i watch you yeah <laughs> that's kind of funny the nintendo's i watch you yeah she just has to take our one of our radios if she doesn't have one herself and just first she needs to direct basil to start attacking the engine oh does she become like the squad leader yeah pretty much Okay. Oh, yeah. If we all have a a radio that's all in the same frequency, then she can coordinate the whole thing. That makes sense. Yeah. I guess she wouldn't be squad leader so much as she would be uh, Intel, the one who's given everybody their directives. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she's she'll have to direct Basil to attack the engine so that we can hopefully cut power to the cannon. And then somebody, of course, uh, the child assassin is actually going to have to open the van door from the inside because the child assassin was able to get into the, the sliding door. Nobody else was quick enough or small. Right. Enough. So the child assassin has to get in. It, child assassin is in, has to open the door from the inside so that at least one other person can get in so that they can begin trying to get into uh, Bane Cosby's compartment where he's fairly safe. But the thing is, is, as soon as they start trying to get in, Cosby's actually going to open up the hatch on the roof and jump onto the top of the van and try to escape, which is going to require both male cop and female cop and the sendables who happen to still be circling the... Actually, one of the sendables is the one that went in. So one of the sendables is still outside. So there are three people who can catch Bane Cosby as he tries to escape. Okay. In like a big butterfly net? Uh, I don't know where we'd get one. Or are they using? Because I, I just, it just, I did just remember that male cop and female cop are part of the Sendables. They are, but we've kind of established them as like a separate detachment. But they would use some sort of male-related contraption to to catch Cosby as he slips out. Yes, obviously they're gonna shit. What would you or, use to catch letters? I don't know. Uh, here, what I was gonna say was, straight woman throws a large copy of herself at him and it knocks him out or she uses some kind of i don't know i was gonna make a me too joke you just oh, got me she, she throws that trash can lid like a frisbee takes him out at the back of the head trash can lid yeah the same one she used oh, that, to, she, okay. that she held up for cover as she got into the car oh it won't be a trash can lid it will be the hubcap from the flat tire that we were trying to fix that works too that's even thriftier and more scene aware okay so it'll work like this child assassin will do a vault right into that uh, sliding door before it shuts on its own, because it's on an automatic shut. Just as Cosby is going into his hatch compartment so that he can begin operating the gun, which means that by the time it's shooting, Child Assassin is already off the field and missing, because he's inside the van. But he can't get into the compartment, and Basil is 
just randomly attacking the van, but he's not getting in. He can't get in. It's armor plated and all that shit. The only weak point is the front grill where it needs cold air intake. Cold air intake? Yeah, that that would be the front grill. So he uh, he has to be directed to uh, attack it there because, of course, at that point, Straight Woman has decided that this is this is unmanageable, so she's taken over the situation, and she's directed Basil to the engine block, but she terminates with extreme prejudice with his chainsaw without ruining it somehow, and the child assassin lets either male cop, female cop, or one of the other faceless, unnamed, disposable sendables inside of the van, which drives Cosby out and onto the roof, where he jumps down and makes a run for it into the street, where the other three work to try and corner him i'm gonna assume that he's got some kind of handheld version of his solution gun so he's probably gonna manage to get one or two of them but everybody managed to coordinate enough to get him out of his safe little tank compartment so that it enables straight woman to me to him in the back of the head with the hubcap perfect is he dead no he's not dead after that no he's he is knocked the fuck out do we sit there and beat him up? Do we want information out of him? Are we going to leave him? Oh, are we going to Hank Schrader him? Just leave him buried up to his neck in the desert? What, next to an anthill? Yeah. That means on the way back when we go to check on him, it needs to be ominously dug out. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, we we incapacitate him, and then basically we, yeah, I guess we bury him up to his neck. And we celebrate. In, in New Mexico. Yeah. I don't know why I've I don't know why I've imagined that we've been in the desert for this entire scene. It would certainly make the ice cream man much more welcome and tempting. So do we th- so that whole ordeal brought us together and made us realize that we need to work together. So I don't know if we'd like address that just get a little line of dialogue about oh my god, my guy, my guys. Oh my god, you guys. If it weren't for that, then we wouldn't know blah blah blah. Is there technology in Cosby's truck that will allow us to get to the outside quickly or are we still taking our station wagon to the outside do we know where we're going or what we're doing I assume we're taking our station wagon to some place nearby that happens to have something we need I remember the car was your choice I yeah think. that's true I don't know why I thought of the car I guess to fill in time because hmm. I don't I don't think we find anything in particular in there except really like a huge an obscene amount of tainted ice cream how do we transition hmm, let me yeah what were we heading to were we heading now that now that we're working together as a team we rapidly fix the the ruined tire and we begin getting on our way and then we sit quietly in the car all bunched in together in silence for several moments straight woman's driving before somebody chimes in and says that sure got resolved really quickly once we started working together you know as soon as soon as somebody started directing us in a more coordinated fashion maybe we can do this etc and there we've got our team building moment and then does somebody make a comment about like yeah but we sure spent a significant amount of time working on it though do you have that bunny suit we need a convenient way to like fast forward through time all right if i recall the child assassin happened to have a dimensional ship. I guess we're just driving to wherever it's parked. That makes sense. It's parked I'm gonna, behind a billboard. I'm, I'm going to assume he just doesn't keep it within town limits or whatever. Because every time anything like this is within town limits, we find a way to fucking destroy it. 
with antenna elements or something to do with like the airspace is monitored or something. That makes sense too. But yeah, we got to drive out of town, get in, get in, change vehicles basically, and then we get into the dimensional ship. It's really small. Oh, I just so it's going to be embarrassingly cramped in there. What? Alternatively, so because we started at our studio, that's where this scene starts. And we need to go to the outside, but we have a door to the outside. So maybe the station wagon road trip takes place on a highway in the desert in the outside. We're going from our studio in the outside to the Ascendables compound in the outside on a road trip. And that's where we have our showdown with Cosby. Ah, that actually makes a lot of sense. And I suppose it doesn't matter which edge of the breach of reality we happen to be doing this on. But there's no plan for returning home that way. No plan for Well, actually, no, I suppose there is, because we've already established that that door is two-way. Right. But it's a fixed location, so we go through it, and then we actually have to drive the station wagon back. Or, but also we know that, uh, I was, I don't know why I was about to call him Donut Boy. I went back to 1999shockwave.com. Um, nice. Paperboy. Do you remember Donut Boy? I remember shockwave.com. The hours spent on shockwave.com, bonus.com, Pogo. I spent a lot of time on Pogo. I spent a lot of time playing that Australian guy who was exploring space, turning off a lot of nukes. I forget what it was called, but he came from a was place it, called Pull Your Pants Up. Was it a point and click? Yeah. I loved all of those old shockwave point and clicks. Yeah, and I would go exploring an alien planet and like peek my face in a hole and then something inside of it would actually punch me right in the face and I'd go flying back 20 feet and then get up and be like, ow! Because you couldn't die, but you couldn't progress until you did it right. Yeah, that's so funny. Nostalgia. Okay, so we... Yeah, anyways, Paperboy at our Halloween special we discovered had made a handheld uh, teleporter device. So when we defeat him, we can just use that to go back home. Ah, uh, but if you recall, we disable it during the fight. Oh, that's that's necessary. Oh, right. In order, we have to take his we have to take his most important weapon away, or else we can never actually catch him. So we <clears> totally <throat> break it then. It's not even disabling it. If if you recall, there's a guru out here who uses some kind of fancy other kind of technology to just functionally disable it. Oh yeah, I forgot all of these details actually. Yeah. Yeah, see, our fight with uh, Paperboy doesn't go well enough that this guy has to intervene. But we've we've gone through our two-way door. We conveniently have a station wagon nearby. We're driving through the desert in the outside, which apparently Bill Cosby is a native creature of. I always knew that guy was a fucking alien. He's like a chupacabra. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he date rapes all the goats. Anyway... We left him buried in the desert in the outside, and we proceed to our objective destination. Somehow we know where we're going. I guess, oh no, naturally we know exactly where we're going. There, Just like there was a mirror version of the Sendables compound, there's a mirror version of our studio. What better place to have a showdown with our nemesis? Oh, so is that where it is then? Yeah, that's where we're going. He wants to fight us in our own, in our nightmare version of our studio. But didn't we we came from our studio. We're at our studio in yes, the real world. We came from our studio, but the, the door doesn't actually go to its own. It doesn't oh. go to the studio in the outside. It just goes to a random island. You're right. That is true. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he didn't necessarily uh, establish the Mirror Studio in exactly the same coordinates as our our studio in in the Prime Dimension would have been. So he just erects it wherever he feels like. So this is almost sort of similar to what I think we kind of did the same gag with. We did a uh, 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 I forget every time Skyfall. We did a Skyfall gag with coming home to mom's house or whatever. Are we doing that here a little bit? Like he knows that I knew you don't always come home. Something like that. He knew we'd find our way there. If anything, we found the station wagon and it happens to be in the GPS already. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's spooky because that could imply that there was some other sort of like back to the future nonsense going on. Somebody else had gone to the to our place. Oh, I don't know. Who knows? Whatever. Oh, it was a guru guy, probably. Oh, yeah, that's his station wagon. An old guru in the nethers of time would drive an old station wagon. Yeah, it probably has all kinds of weird future tech in it, too. But we don't know how to activate it. Don't push the big red button. What happens if I push a big red button? We accidentally turn the wipers on and I'm about to turn them off. And you're like, no, don't. You don't know what it'll do. <laughs> I think I think it, uh, a moment where we stop, be like, don't push that red button. Why? What do you what's the worst that could happen? You hit it and the, all that happens is the wipers come on. I think that would be funny. The pig red button for the wipers. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of doing the men in black thing. So we make it to our destination. There's Paperboy waiting for us. I guess he's going to be in a high-backed turning chair because his reveal is going to be very similar to Craig's when we found him in inside of Craig's list. Right. So Paperboy will turn his big high-backed chair. He's probably got like a, a cigar or something. He's just petting a cat. I've been waiting for you. Does he have a comic reveal? Like what? Like the chair only turns three quarters of the way and he has to swing his little paper boy legs to try to get it all the way around. Maybe the comic reveal will just be in how much how oversized the chair is for his little body. Maybe it's a huge chair. The camera has to zoom in to see him. <laughs> Maybe not that huge. We can't even find him on the cushion. <laughs> That's a little too big, but it is it is a disproportionately large chair for him. And oh no, no! You know what? You're right. It overturns. Oh, that old or, yeah, yeah, or yeah, Ragnarok yeah. style. It overturns. Oh, hang on, hang on. Uh, I have to come around again. Yeah, yeah. So he turns. I've been waiting for you. I knew you'd eventually find your way. Oh, oh, oh! Hang on, hang on. <laughs> We're still turning. Don't worry, we'll be back. We're coming. Uh, anyway, I knew you'd find your way here eventually. I'm. Go- oh, sorry, sorry. I refuse. We can't do that too many times or it won't be funny. Yeah, please stand. Yeah, just stand up. And then he has to like gingerly hop out of the chair because of how far off the ground it is. Oh, yeah. He hops off and he disappears behind the desk. So he has to walk around to the front of it. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I like that. That's a good gag. Yep. Then he has to walk around and then he's like, I this is exactly what I wanted. All of you against all of me. Okay, Ultron. And so I can't remember, had we all, so had we already had some sort of interaction with the old guru man? Does that happen somewhere along the way of our road trip? Not, not yet. He's going to intervene because we're going to have to do this fight in two phases. The first phase, it does not go very well for us. We're, because of his teleporting ability? Yes. Like he, not only does he use it to move himself around, he uses it to move us around. Like, he's actually playing Valve's portal with us. Okay. 
he drops a desk on Miranda, for instance. Like, he doesn't even really need to use weapons. He can just keep using the portal gun to screw with everybody. But that somebody, somebody tries to throw a dagger at him. He portals it so that it very narrowly shaves uh, Basil's mustache off. I feel like we would need to very quickly kind of indicate or acknowledge, like, remember, we learned we got to work together. We've got this. We're confident, but working together isn't enough, actually. Well, yeah, we're we're trying to coordinate. First order of business is actually the either the child assassin or uh, the male cop and female cop try to get straight woman into like a good position to see everything that's going on so she can coordinate like she did before. And so she kind of winds up getting fairly well protected by the nameless and disposable pair of sendables that went with male cop and female cop. You know what's going to happen to them. They're going to die, of course. They're going to get sent. Yeah, they're going to get returned. Oh, yeah, I guess return. <laughs> return to sender. Yeah, that was where we came up with that joke. Return to sendables. Anyways, we're doing our best to coordinate, but it's just not enough because this guy's this guy's thinking with portals. We can't match that. He can be anywhere, and he can make any of us be anywhere he wants. So he's toying with us through the battle, and you know we're progressively getting a bit, a bit more beat up as it goes on. And in fact, one of the nameless disposable sendables become one of the expendables and dies. And it's just when things are starting to look really grim, that's when the guru shows up. When he, when he shows up when we need him and not before. I can't remember how he described this. Does he do a time freeze? Is that how that works? He kind of has like a, let's call it a wave generator. It sort of generates like a, a field around itself that just kind of prevents portals from functioning. It stops the gun from working. It's kind of like a forced reality stabilizer. Right. How does he show up? Does he crash through the door in some sort of vehicle, his other station wagon? I have half I have kind of have a feeling that a good chunk of this building is already destroyed after all of the shenanigans that have been going on inside. So he can just fucking walk in. Okay, sure. Like up over the ru- the rubble. Yeah, he just steps over some rubble and suddenly Paperboy's gun stops working. It just like clicks and dust comes out. <laughs> oh, that's good. There's no necessary announcement. He doesn't draw any attention to it. He walks into the, the, the scene and you're sort of like, what is this guy doing? And then Paperboy is, is rendered ineffectual. Paperboy's primary weapon is inert now. But this guy is kind of holding this device. Right. I'm, in fact, I think it's going to be similar to the Gatling gun where it's got the turn crank, this thing needs to be constantly activated. It needs to be kept cranked. So he can't like actually a crank flashlight. Yeah. So he can't put it down and get involved. He has to stay cranking it. And uh as soon as Straight Woman sees that, she's gonna order the expendable guy that she still has protecting her to go and protect that guy. The crank is good for a gag later down, like, or not necessarily like, way down the road, but somewhere in the sequence. Um, when he needs to talk, he needs to stop um, winding because it makes a big. Whoa, 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 Can you whoa, stop whoa. yanking your crank? <laughs> I wasn't even going to yank your crank. I was just going to say that he needs to stop yank and stop cranking to talk because it makes a big noise. But then when he talks, the effect starts wearing off. So he has to pause to crank it in silence and then he can talk again and then crank it in silence can you stop yanking your crank for five minutes no i can't no this is keeping us alive 
And so, yes, now that this guy showed up and he's kind of started evening the odds, now Paperboy has to just kind of use his regular weapons and powers, all of which we've left kind of uh, totally nebulous. So I'm going to assume he just has, like, super strength and super durability and stuff. Probably probably capable of a little bit of shape-shifting, because, I mean, he was... Yeah, he can origami himself. Yeah, because his body is made up of a whole bunch of different weird monsters, so he can do lots of stuff that they could do. He probably breathes fire, too. Yeah. He folds himself into their form, so that that's his shape-shifting ability. He origamis himself into whatever that monster looked like, and then he can take on their abilities. Okay, perfect. So that means he's still formidable, even without his portal gun, which makes fighting him virtually impossible. At that but point, now, are we trying to burn him? Now we just have to kick his ass. Basically, we're going to have to... Oh, no, I know exactly what we have to do. We have to destroy... We have to kind of force him to change into his paperboy form, which is where he's vulnerable. Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which means we're we're going to have to figure out a way to kind of forcibly revert him back to a non-changed form. Back to his, you know, normal form. With psychology? What are you going to do? Make fun of his dragon form? Tell him he looks stupid? Are you going to, like, set a newspaper on fire in front of him? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. Well, I assume he has to be maintaining concentration. And also, I assume that for all of this, he currently has Basil Faulty trying to jam a chainsaw up his ass. While the child assassin is throwing knives and lunging in to stab him and throwing poison darts, and ninja stars, and books. And basically just being kind of John Wicky, but really short. Hmm. Yeah, the Child Assassin and Basil are the only ones with the guts to actually get toe-to-toe. Everybody else is kind of keeping their distance, but, you know, using firearms and stuff to provide support and covering fire. And what do you think would, would force him back into his paperboy form? Well, since we're already doing boss mechanics, he's, his origami form has a weak point. It's got like a little glowy gem on his chest or something. You know, uh, that, old, that old is, chestnut. D- are we able to... Hmm, interesting. So we like kind of like break his uh, shield or whatever. He has a shield that has to go down to 0% before we can start killing his health bar. Yeah. Like uh, you... you uh, Basically, you need to... Sh- wear down his sort of shield and then his weak spot starts flashing and everybody smashes it and then like when you take off a percentage of his health bar he then reverts form because the portion you took off his health bar is actually like instead of emptying it just turns yellow oh do we want to remove his staples so that his like paper comes undone newspapers never mind that's a magazine No, I was I was going full full old fashioned video game thing where we hit the weak point, which uh, it doesn't deplete his health. It just gives us a chunk of his health bar that is now vulnerable to take down while he's in in his normal form. Basically, we force him to revert, and then we can take his health bar down when he's in his paperboy form. Okay. And then after a little bit of that, he will change shape into another kind of monster, and we have to find his weak point wear it down again and force him to change back again and then resume kicking his ass. And, okay, you know, I get it. Rule of threes, do that three times, and then Paperboy is going to fucking implode in some kind of catastrophic display. Should be awesome. So when, at, when, when we finally reduce him, so first he's in, like, dragon form, then he's in tank form or whatever, and then he's in Paperboy form. 
as Paperboy, do we defeat him with a slap to the face? He needs a giant scorpion form as his third form. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wanted to fight a giant scorpion boss. Naturally, the weak point is right where he can reach you with both claws and the stinger tail, too, because it's right in his little face. So do the forms get progressively smaller? It starts as a big thing, it becomes a smaller thing, it becomes a smaller thing. Or you want a giant, a giant scorpion? Yeah, his form, he doesn't actually get weaker as the fight progresses. He doesn't necessarily get smaller. Once once we've depleted all of his available power and everything, he's now just, yeah, you can beat him with a slap. Okay. And I want Todd to do it. And everything gets re- reduced to like a white point that's like a nuclear, yeah. uh, a, uh, what is it called? When a star explodes? Supernova? Supernova. Yeah, I want I want Todd to walk up slap him across the face and that's he's just now he has x's for eyes and then todd like dusts his hands off oh i've done we... it i've saved the world <laughs> i was gonna say do we do a whole uh we we slap he gives him a slap and everything goes white and it becomes like a um you said you've seen the movies harry and dumbledore in the train station the white in between dream space with the little voldemort fe- fetus under the bench kind of place we go to a oh I would be super happy to do a sort of in-between reference there where Paperboy's under a bench and we're talking with the guru. Yeah, the guru is there. Yeah, exactly. Because he's our Gandalf. Yeah, and he reveals the secret behind everything that just happened, why it all had to happen. And then, of course, the guru from under the bench, he pulls out his device and he starts cranking it and it gets progressively louder and louder. And then we black out and wake back up in the outside. Oh, as he cranks the device and it gets louder, does it start making the little paper boy under the bench scream and they both wink out of existence? Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, we wake up where? Basically, uh, the patch of land that the the mirror studio is built on is now just empty, flat land. We're all we all were as, asleep, I guess. We all kind of wake up at once and. Uh, the guru is gone, but the station wagon is there. That's funny. And as we drive back, we notice that the hole that we put uh, Bane Cosby in is dug out. So he's on the loose again. Do we get to keep the cars? They're like a little note, like keep care of her or something, take care of her or something like that. Yeah, I don't see why not. Take good care of her. Now we have a car in the outside. Yeah. Take good care of her. You can bar. I guess you kids can borrow her for a while. Take good care of her. So, yeah. Uh, that's that's the guru's gift to us for saving the multiverse from Paperboy. So we see this this shot of Cosby dug out. Do we make any reference to it or is it just a visual thing? The hole is just empty now. It's a big empty hole. He There's no sign of him. Uh, depends on how observant anybody's being. But since we drive back the exact same way we came, we probably kept our eye out for it. That seems highly unlikely. And then we just pass right on by. How does it end from here? Uh, do we end, end all as a group or we're all back at the studio? Or yeah, we're probably all in the ways? studio having a beer. And then we just kind of have a meta moment where we're like, here's to start in season three. And then the male cops start divorced fighting again. Naturally, because the it... male cop was asked by female cop to get her a drink and he gets her the wrong one. That's all it takes. And then everybody starts arguing again. Is it the classic like cartoon end of an episode? Not only that, but it turns into a cartoon version of a bar brawl, like you might see in old-fashioned cartoons, like d- dust clouds, and dust clouds like it just arms. turns into a total fight. And uh, I don't, I don't think Tucker and Todd are involved. Straight woman is disappointed, and uh, 
We're just like, here we go again, kind of thing. Yeah, I feel like there should be some sort of here we go again or an eye roll. Yeah, if it's straight woman and she is kind of just like uh, some reference to some uh, callback. Did she have a sigh earlier? A callback to like. She sighs all the time. Yeah. We let her down constantly. I'll never finish my book. But yeah, we're uh, basically just going to celebrate. And then the celebration breaks down. And, and now that we don't have a common enemy anymore, the fight's on again. Cats and dogs. We're fighting like cats and dogs. And then the camera zooms out and it has like an exterior shot of the, the, the studio with the sounds of the fight going on inside and maybe like a little bit of a, a little flute music to, to outro out. And then it's just cheers. Thanks for watching our season two finale. Wow. Another finale under the belt. Yeah. And this one was also a get them all together and duke it out. That's kind of funny. It was that one last time. Our first, hey, let's write a movie. And then it became our, our template uh, standard uh, practice. All of all, all of season two was movies, if we're going based off of how season one ended. Yeah, pretty much. Like, almost all of them have been the length of the whole cast. Well, we actually do stories. I, I guess, I don't know why I get, when we first came up with the idea for this show, I guess I sort of didn't trust myself to be interested in maintaining a whole fictitious world with persistent characters and all that sort of thing. So that's why I liked the sketch idea. But now, yeah, we liked doing just the bits, but then we self inserted and created Tucker and Todd. And as they went on, they started creating world around them. And then it stopped being just the bit and it started being the bit in their world. I didn't realize, I, I guess I never expected that I would come up with such a compelling world to want to spend time in, but I like spending time in the Tucker and Todd world. Well, yeah, it's crazy and there are no fucking rules. It's Banu news. And we have we have characters like Bane Cosby. Bane Cosby is hilarious. I feel like that's yeah, one of those for merch. <laughs> as soon as I put on the mask, you won't know who I am. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be the most compelling character we've ever made, and we just beat him up already. It's a good thing he'll be back. Well, he's a dick. He's an absolute bastard. I'm looking at Bane lines. The fire rises. <laughs> the boner rises. I don't know if he would say it quite like that. I think he would call it his pudding pop. I, I, see, I was trying to figure out uh, how to work in pudding somehow with one of these lines, but yeah, the pudding pop rises is pretty funny. He is the kind of bastard who who would call it his pudding pop well i think i think we've wrapped that up yeah uh, but it's it's good i i knew we wouldn't be able to get it in under the wire well and it was kind of we we spent so much time on the bane cosby bit but i like that because it (laughs) It was too funny and it was an important diversion because we needed other stuff to do yeah we couldn't just go right to Vaporboy. All the other stuff was sort of figured out. That was kind of like the the the, the fuck words sometimes. That was the speed it bump we needed. More or less had it mapped out. Yeah. There was just a little gray area in between points A and B that we had to fill in. And Bane Cosby was our chosen sacrifice. Exactly what we needed. Both in universe and out. He brought us together. And it ended happily. So I guess... I haven't we haven't reflected it. I still have old audio that I realized I was using still calling it the Tucker and Todd show. So until season three starts, even though I fixed the art, this is still the Tucker and Todd show. But when you come back in season three, it will be called the Tucker and Todd cast. So thanks, everybody, for being fans of the Tucker and Todd cast. And for anybody who isn't yet, uh, please love us. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I necessarily said it that way. I don't think I've ever used the word fan. Become fans. We're fans of you. Yeah, we're fans of you. We pander to you, pander to us. <laughs> I'm Tucker. I'm Todd. This has been a cast now. Now it has been. Now it has been. Good night, everybody. And Craig. Bye, Craig. Gee, thanks for noticing me. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Tucker and Todd Show. If you want to reach out to the show, our email address is tuckertodpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram at tuckertodshow. If you enjoyed the program, likes and thumbs and hearts and positive reviews go a long way to helping us keep making it. Tell your friends and be kind to one another. I'm Craig. Good night. Fuck Tucker, Tucker sucks. And fuck Tucker's friend, Tucker.